so one of the reasons why I was like a couple minutes late was that like Matt called right when I was setting up um, from the office <laughs> and then I told him I had to go because I had to go do this and he's like well, what are you talking about and I said the damn United and he like literally he's like <laughs> could not understand apparently has never heard of this movie could not understand the words I was saying. And he's like, the Dan's United? Like, there's a bunch of Dan's and they're all united? And I'm like, no, the damned united. Like, they're the united and damn them. And he was like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the, the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes. Okay, I will say, I was very familiar with this movie. I knew that it existed and who it starred and everything. So I, Oh, really? Because it's not that popular. Yeah, really. no, I was I I didn't know anything about the story. I just knew it was about a soccer guy. But you know, I knew Michael Sheen was a soccer guy, and so I was way ahead of the game, apparently, on that one. He is a soccer guy. He's a soccer um, guy. So hello and welcome to the Great Movies Podcast. <laughs> oh, no. Is that our intro? <laughs> we are live? Okay. Hello and welcome, everybody. Here we are. Yes. Um, We're off format. I, it's fine. To throw the yeah, format out the I think window that's why it this fits. month. And, um, I think it was a good intro point that um, we are here today to discuss The Dam United, Very which good. was sort of like Tom Hooper's intro foray in filmmaking, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he did some work on the, the John Adams miniseries pre this or c- concurrent to this, but... Like, this is where he got his start that would lead him into doing King's Speech, Les Mis, yeah. Danish Girls, Yeah. What, what a, I mean, I would say we got to do Hooper chat, like, but his, his career, it's, what an insane, I, I've now seen the, I didn't, oh, no, I haven't seen the Danish Girl, okay, and I'm never going to see the Danish Girl. So I've seen four out of five of I've seen Hooper's four out of five, movies. too, I just haven't seen Cats. Oh, Cats, Cats at least is, like, inoffensive, I, you know, it's not, like, <laughs> It's not good I, by anybody's definition, but it's not the Danish girl either, so. I have a sneaky suspicion that if I watch it, I'd enjoy it more. It's fun. Than just about any Tom Hooper movie besides uh, The Dam United. Because uh, the other three, I just think, fail on some really horrible levels that frustrate me to no end. Yeah, I, I like The King's Speech. We've talked about it. Like, I saw it back it's in 2010, bad. and I was like, nice movie. Good. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, like, you know, I, good performances, good very by the book, like <laughs> a competently made film, which I don't mean as the, like, the insult that it sounds like. I mean, I mean that as a compliment because you know what's that's a perfect. You compliment. know what's not really a comp. Well, you know what's not a competently made film is Cats, and even Les Mis, I would argue, has competent sequences, but as a film overall, has some no. some real weaknesses, and they they tend to begin and end for me with Eddie Redmayne. But that's that's a whole podcast into itself. So you don't want to watch The Danish Girl then after I that? I don't. I really don't. And I, I don't I don't dislike, well, I, I don't know that I've ever seen Eddie Redmayne in anything I like. Um, Gotta see Jupiter Ascending. Uh, yeah, I probably should see Jupiter Ascending. I think that's where I could get on board with him, yep. is in that movie. Because um, I can't with him singing in his Kermit the Frog voice in Les Miserables, that's for sure. He sings better than other people in Les Miserables. I mean, he, Better like than Russell de- Crowe. I, w- I was referring more to the dehydrated Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackman? Is... Oh, when 
<laughs> it's like Hugh Jackson, the, the lost Jackson brother. Um, I also, to be fair, I'm looking at Hugh Jackman's name on my screen. Um, yeah. I mean, Hugh Jackman well, has a hell of a voice. Um, yeah, but I just think like he's starving himself for half of the movie, and his voice sounds terrible because of it. I mean, he's, and Hathaway can barely sing because she's being she's, forced to cry like yeah I, violently. Right, and and those are two people with phenomenal voices and acting Incredible chops voices. and everything. And I I do think that the one like you know starve themselves down to a not healthy weight element and the stick the camera like literally up your nose while you're crying <laughs> shooting style doesn't do them a ton of favors no no it, the thing is like Redmayne might sound like one of the better singers in that movie simply because he doesn't have to shrink himself down or cry snot through his face but through most of his what songs he do- what he has going against him is that a lot of his singing is done opposite Aaron Tivette um, who mm-hmm. is like the best um, in everything and in that movie, and so then he he really pales in comparison. It's that. either that or it's with Samantha Barks, who is like the right. best. Exactly, too. great point. Yeah, so it's or yeah, or he's just up against like straight up Broadway people who rule. So yeah. I mean, I'm to be clear, I am not better than Les Mis. I cry at like five different points in that movie. I've seen it multiple times. Like I'm not. You know why? It's because it's Les Mis. I, Les Mis is a great story and a great musical. That's true. In a bad movie, it's, it's the source material. And but you know, it, it gets me. Um, but yeah, the Danish girl is not going to happen. And and then Cats is worth the watch for just the f- pure bewilderment of what is happening. Like, I I would worry about like overstating it, except for I don't think you can. Like, it, it really <laughs> is that much of like a what is happening. I don't think my brain is processing the images that I'm seeing. Um, it's really something. I will say, sort of like how Les Mis is still emotional, mm-hmm. even though it's in a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, cats is its own thing yeah. without the Tom Hooperness yeah. of it all. So and I love cats. So that's yeah, that's why it's, <laughs> and that's why it's fun because I do love cats. I like the music, um, and I don't love all the performances necessarily. But there are some good ones. Um, What's but, James Corden doing in that movie? He's doing his thing. He's doing his James Corden thing. That's so for sure. Um, we'll post the Nick tweet again somewhere. Oh, <laughs> the James Corden tweet. Um, yeah, so all of that to say, it was it was weird to go back in time and watch The Damned United as yes. an intro to Tom Hooper, because it's, it's very, I would argue it's even very different than The King's Speech, which is only one yep. year later, that we're yep. talking 09 and 2010. He starts to have flashes in the movie where, do you remember in The King's Speech where he'll shoot someone that's only in like a sliver of the frame and then the rest of it is like just this empty space mm-hmm. to be like dramatic shot. Yeah. He does that in parts in the Dandelion, but he does it in a really tasteful way that is more artistic than I think a lot of the stuff in King's Speech is. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was going to say at the beginning, um, like, I, I, don't, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but um, I feel like Peter Morgan is... Uh, his Peter Taylor, as far as the Peter Taylor bright, and like the rest of the time, it's like him getting in his own way and his ego making his projects a shitty jerk. Yeah, I think I think that's probably true. I think Peter Morgan is the the not so secret weapon here. Um, Real, it really is. The writing is great in this movie. Yeah, um, and I haven't. Um, I am not a 
uh, uh, the crown person. I know I probably should be. Uh, you would be. I know. I'll catch up to it someday. <laughs> um, but I, you know, um, I. Speaking of things that came just one year before this, I'm the person that really liked Frost Nixon, and I know yes. Frost Nixon has like a weird reputation because it got a Best Picture nomination, and people are like what like who who cares about frost nixon enough for it to get a best picture nomination which is fair um but um i'm a defender of it i think it's another really good michael sheen performance and has a similar he's very good yeah um i think he's arguably better than langella who's just kind of like playing to the cheap seats yeah I, i think that's true so something i just learned that i should have known um from peter morgan's wikipedia page because the number one movie that came to mind for me watching The Damned United, as I'm watching it, I was like, this reminds me so much of another movie that I personally really love, um, which is by our favorite director, Ron Howard, which is Rush, the yep. auto racing drama, which was also written by Peter Morgan, yeah. which I did yeah. not know. And so Rush, Rush is amazing. Rush is great. That's a great movie. And as I'm watching, like that's the vibe I got from a lot of it is, and I was obviously with the Brian and... Peter, you know, the main, the relationship with the main guys um, and sort of the coming together and going apart. And um, it felt very Rush-like to me. And yeah. so totally tracks that that's another Peter Morgan movie. I had mm-hmm. no idea. He seems to work well off of pair. It's Frost Nixon, Rush, yeah. Bolin, Girl with ScarJo and mm-hmm. Natalie Portman. Yeah. Last King of Scotland, the... which is yep. James McAvoy and um, what, what, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Yeah, and then like even like the Queen, mm-hmm. where it's sort of um, Helen Mirren and uh, Michael Sheen yeah. as Tony Blair is kind of like the other main lead. That's like the contrast to what mm-hmm. the Queen is. He likes to do that a lot. Yeah, take two people and sort of contrast them. And and very like power dynamics, right? Like a lot of it is sort of the the push and pull of people who have yes. different levels of power and different um, you know approaches to it. And so that all really tracks. He does that a lot in The Crown, too. Mm-hmm. Um, that, make, that makes total sense. With Elizabeth and with Philip. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth with... Um, I'm guessing Thatcher just, in the later seasons, too. Yeah, but um, also Margaret? a lot of, with Elizabeth... Margaret. Margaret. Elizabeth and Margaret. Yeah. Um, that happens a lot. Yeah. So, um... Never been, like, a huge Peter Morgan stan, but... Um, oh. I think he's a good writer, and, like, I think he's definitely one of the standouts in this movie. Yeah. I think... I, um, I agree with that. So... What what did you personally think of Tom Hooper's direction though? Like this is his first film and um, his entry project. Right. So I I thought it was really well done. It's very understated compared to yes. everything that he does later. And I think that's kind of yeah, like what you were getting at as well, which is it looks really good. Um, and I and I think he's at least in this movie. I you know it's always hard to say with performances and things, but I feel like the performances are pitched at the right level. Um, it has an interesting look. Like it's. It's very blue, this movie. Like, everything is very blue. It is. There's some parts that are a filter to a point where it's, like... a little filtery. But I actually noticed more often, like, you're contrasting it with something like King's Speech, where he does these, like, artistic, like, someone's in the corner of the frame or something. It was a lot more centered than that. Like, I felt like there were a lot of shots where you're just sort of staring um, at, you know, the characters. But, in a, I don't know. I, I thought it was really good, but it didn't draw attention to itself, which does become his problem especially once you get into the lameness of it all. Yeah. Um, and I think when he does decide to go, like, what we know now know is, like, the classic Hooper, um, it's in, like, scenes where it really needs it, like when um, Cloth visits uh, uh, Peter Taylor in the hospital. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or like when Revy and uh, Clough had their interview together at the end of the their movie. Their big face-off at the end, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my biggest shout-outs I want to give is to the production design, mm-hmm. which I think is maybe one of the standout things in the movie. And um, really good contrast between like what the Leeds uh, Stadium feels like mm-hmm. inside and what the, der- the, the Derby Yes, the derby. I, I read it as derby, but... Yeah, it's, it's one of those words that you learn at some point that the English pronounce very differently than we do. Because, yeah, we would just say derby, but it's a derby. Derby. Yeah. So um, one one thing I will say, um, and I, I think this is known about me, but just in case anyone is confused. Yeah, I don't know anything about soccer, uh, basically at all. I mean, I know enough <laughs> to know, like, there are these leagues in England and there are these teams and people care about them a lot. And... Um, you know, we'll, people do care about sports. Yes, they they sure do, and they definitely care about their their <laughs> soccer teams. But I don't know. Like, I could have watched this entire movie, and you could have told me this is a fictional movie. These people are fictional. These teams are fictional. <laughs> None of this happened, and I would not have known any better. So I think that's coming to it from a very different perspective than a lot of people. Because a lot of the reading I did about this movie was people talking about what a great adaptation it was of the book and what a great portrayal it was and how great it was seeing all of these people who you knew and recognized. And I was like, oh, that's just zero context. <laughs> Absolutely zero context. Um, but I'm a sucker for the thing at the end when they show the real people and you get to go, oh, look, they do look like the real people. So Two out of the three do. That's <laughs> true. Two out of the three do. Poor, poor. I don't want to say poor Peter Taylor because I love Timothy Spall uh, and we all yeah. love Timothy Spall. But I feel like massive charisma in that man. Yes, but Peter Taylor was like a kind of a handsome, dapper guy. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> he looked when he came on and like it's really it's a much later t- Peter Taylor than he would have been playing in this movie. Right, but right, right. He's like still. He looks hair, like though. old plumber, maybe. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much more. That's a, a much better. Uh, sort of look um but but michael sheen looks vivid like and he doesn't even have to like transform it still just looks like michael sheen but when you see cloth at the end Mm or i mean if you're me and you you know what cloth looks like it's just like yeah that's that's Brian Clough, and that's kind of how he talked and and acted cool meanie looked like the it looked like revy okay the other guy too o'brien from star trek is just the obvious like you look at don revy and you're just like oh wait is is that o'brien i don't know i can't tell you could put pictures of both of them side by side and i wouldn't be able to tell you which one was called meanie and which one was uh don revy they are freakishly similar looking yeah that that was very impressive but i i did get a kick out of it. i will say at least for peter taylor he may have not you know gotten the most sort of movie star upgrade appearance wise but he definitely <laughs> got like the most um compassionate you know portrayal yeah. which is probably what matters more so <laughs> and um the only compassionate portrayal? Well, or that, yes. I think it it, it it goes almost too hard on Cloth because... Yeah, it went harder on him than I expected. Like, I kind of was like, wow, there he really is making some mistakes. He's, he's making some bad choices. I mean, he did make mistakes. Apparently. And like, um, it, it, it is kind of like Cloth kind of needed Peter Taylor to, like, help run right. a soccer club. Well, but he's still, like, yeah. tactically mm-hmm. forward-thinking. One of the most important if not greatest managers in soccer history right. but it, it does it kind of at least left me almost agreeing with the guys who were firing him at the end when they were firing him and they were basically like we should never have hired you without yeah. peter taylor where it's like we wanted both of you and when he didn't come we shouldn't have let you come by yourself and it's like yeah that was that's probably right like 
you probably could have made it work with both of them, but not on his own. And not and for the management type reasons, not because he didn't have the skills to be a good coach or manager, yeah, but yeah. just not. He needed someone else to like bring him down and then make sure how to like know how to pick players and work with the 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 people above him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to be fair, I don't think Peter Tyler could have become. Like the manager of Leeds without right. cloth, and oh, I think it's absolutely. there's this one of the best scenes in the movie is when they're in um they're vacationing somewhere, mm-hmm. and they get the call about Brighton, and then he finds out about Leeds, and um he says like, you might be the one in the front of the shop, but I'm the goods in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like neither kind of works without the other. Right. Um. Yeah. We just talked about the whole movie. I know. But yeah, I, yeah. We we did kind of talk about the whole movie, but it's just a it's just a good watchable. Like what what it reminded me about when I, with Rush so much that I also like is it is you kind of just get sucked into the story, and you're watching the story of this guy who is making mistakes left and right and doing things where you're like, oh, you know, I I wish he wouldn't do this, but it never gets to the point of like cringe or discomfort or like you're still mm-hmm. just you're just watching it and the good things happen and the bad things happen and um the ending is so gratifying that it's it's worth it to to get there in the end yeah um this whole movie also somewhat reminded me of uh moneyball oh sure yeah yeah, yeah. i've seen that comparison too uh like i saw mm-hmm. a couple letterbox reviews that uh described it as being like moneyball yeah yeah well, like the the that the two the two-handed pairing of like the know-how and right. the the charisma man that can lead them and it's not a it's a movie about sort of the business of sports not as much as moneyball is but more so yes. than most sports movies you know we're not it's it's not huge chunks of just watching extended soccer matches play out like very few like there's you know very little soccer action at all there's more time with timothy spall and michael sheen on the phone being like oh should we get this guy right should we get this guy mm-hmm. than like actual soccer being played it's true. Um, we haven't even talked about the best supporting actor in this movie, Stephen Graham's wig. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was literally just about to bring that up because so I knew you wanted to he, take, take... I, I want to take a minute to talk about it. Does that, is that what that guy looks like? <laughs> I want you to Google search Billy Bremer real quick. Okay. Because... So if people can't off their head picture who Stephen Graham is... Um, kind of got famous being Al Capone on Boardwalk Empire, but more famous recently in like The Irishman for being the short gangster who offends um, Al Pacino's sensibilities by showing up late and wearing shorts to a meeting. So you know it's that it's guy. Really good. Um, oh, interesting. <laughs> okay, so they might have gone light on the wig. At some yes, yeah, I th- I think they did. Also, this guy's way more the the wig that uh, Stephen Graham's wearing. It looks more blonde. This guy is a straight up ginger, from what I can tell from these images. Yeah. Um, yeah so this guy has terrible hair. Um, so okay, <laughs> I will I will allow it. Um, that is hilarious casting. This Billy Bremer guy looks well. I guess he looks like I, a '70s I... soccer player. He looks kind of crazy. Yeah, um, like Stephen Graham be... looks kind of tiny in comparison. Also, too tiny. Really, maybe Stephen uh, or Billy Bremer should be played by uh, John C. Riley. Is more of the <laughs> vibe. That's I'm getting that's here. good. Yeah. I think he is he is short, but I mean, I I look at this guy's like leg muscles when he's kicking a ball, yeah. and it's like 
that that's more of what I meant. John C. Riley would be too tall. Ah, fair enough. But um, yes, he does look like if John C. Riley just bleached his hair red, nice strawberry also, red color. There is not a single person, a real life person in this movie who I have since Googled who's still alive. They're all dead. All of the people in this movie have died. It's really sad. Yeah, Clough and uh, Peter Taylor Clough both died Taylor. fairly young. Yeah. Not like young, young, but like early 60s. Yeah. Billy Bremner died when he was 55. Um, the Don... You can try Googling Sam Longson. Oh, no. Is that going to be good or bad for me? <laughs> it's the Jim Braun Ben character. Oh, okay. Well, I, I hope he's dead now. <laughs> so, uh, no, no offense. For his sake. No offense, but he looked like a very old man 50 years ago. Um, oh, Don Revy died at 61. Like, I mean, I guess these guys lived pretty hard back yeah. in the day, but they all died in like their 50s and 60s. I mean, they're all smoking cigars and yeah, drinking a hell of a lot of alcohol. Yeah, yeah. What a what a lifestyle for these guys. Um, so so the so Leeds United. I'm going to ask you soccer questions. So Leeds United, good like not a team I'd heard of, and I've heard of a lot of. I thought I'd That's heard of what, a lot. This of is something teams. I wanted to talk about actually. Okay, good because like when I when, I, when it was called the Damned United, I think I assumed it was about like Manchester United, which is like the Me United too. team I'd Me heard too. of. So I'm like, oh, the Damned United. Yeah, people don't like that Manchester United team. They're like nope. the bad guys. So when it was not about them, I was genuinely thrown Leeds. off. Leeds, Leeds, yeah. <laughs> News to me. So tell me about Leeds United. So Leeds United were like one of the biggest soccer clubs, like from the 70s to the 80s. Um, they had a small turn. They went back to the... Do you know how the, the four-league structure works? Yes, yes, yeah. The, with promotion and relegation, yes. Yeah, so they were in the League One for a while. They went down to League Two for a little bit, went back up. They they won a lot. Um, so have the the different leagues have names, right? As opposed... Or are they just the numbered? Back, or back, back, back when okay. in, it, when um, this was happening, it was Division One, Two, Three, Four. Okay, that was also confusing for me because I finally just... Thought I understood like Premier League versus Champions League versus whatever. See, sponsors bought them out okay. and then made their own titles for it. Gotcha. So then, when, so like when they the were... Barclays like ownership company bought the top league and called it the Premier League. Okay, gotcha. Stuff like that. Okay. So yeah, now it's Premiership, Championship, League One and Two. Okay. So that's what I was kind of confused about because I when they were saying like one and two, I'm like those are the bottom, right? <laughs> like you know, no, gen- if this is like a little like just enough knowledge to be dangerous <laughs> like I have just enough knowledge to confuse myself was, like if there was no no prior knowledge you'd just be I'd like have, okay right one one or two exactly one or two that makes sense but i'm like no one's talking about the premier league so that must mean yeah that's just just yeah. enough to confuse myself but okay i got you continue Leeds. yeah so the big thing with Leeds united and why you probably don't know of them because mm-hmm. when basically soccer came to america in like 2008 when nbc bought the the rights deals mm-hmm. for it the time period between like 2001 and 2010, somewhere in that area, mm-hmm. this was before I watched soccer, um, Leeds started incurring all this massive debt mm-hmm. with the assumption that they would make the Champions League because they were making the Champions League rarely. Do you know what the Champions League is? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When the top four go to the, the European. Yes. Um, they missed it barely two years in a row. Okay. And then they didn't get the the TV deal they expected from the new, like, renewal of contracts. Okay. At which point they couldn't pay back their debts and had to sell all their players. And they got relegated to championship. Okay. At which point 
they still couldn't pay their debts. They had to forfeit points and get relegated to the third division in order to then have those debts be canceled, I think. Okay. And they have slowly worked their way back up, and just starting last year, they were in the uh, Premier League again. Okay, that makes sense. So most of the time, you've probably heard about soccer. Mm -hmm. They have been not in the soccer you would have heard about. Got you. Okay, that... That actually makes a ton of sense. And part of that helps explain some of the plot that's happening in season two of Ted Lasso and the financial impact of, of, of being relegated yes. and moving leagues. And so it's all coming together. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, you like lose massive TV deals yeah. when you get relegated. Okay. And so the fact that they failed and their so TV it's hard deal to pay your players. And, in first one mm-hmm. and then got relegated and then got relegated again, it was tough for them. But uh, they did kind of bring it on themselves. Yeah. I have a, so I have a handful of friends that follow soccer a lot and really like it. Mostly friends who are from or have spent extended time living in England or the UK. Um, I have like a couple of coworkers who are just like sporty guys. And so they follow it too. But like I still have only heard of like what I assume are like the really big teams that are like the, Arsenal They're called the top six really. Liverpool so Arsenal, United and, like, City. Liverpool, Man- um, Tottenham, and whoever I'm missing, Chelsea. Okay. Those are the top six. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I yeah. Th- those are the ones I have basically heard of. So, not not so much with the other ones. Um, yeah, it is. It is Int- hard to keep up. Interesting factoid, though. Um, Brighton. The team that uh, Peter Taylor went to mm-hmm. that was in the third division, they got to the Premier League quicker than Leeds did when they got um, relegated. They, they were in the Premier League like three or four years ago, and they've stayed in there. Oh, interesting. Okay. So when they were talking about, like, we want to get ourselves to be a Premier League team, like, they did it. Took 50 years. <laughs> they did it. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. The, the mechanics of it all is just so fascinating. Um, it's so different than how any, like, American sports league yeah. works. Um, does kind of make it nice. It makes things interesting. and I mean, people have been you know. sort of joking for years that MLB should have, like, promotion and relegation. So it's like maybe, you know, your, your Orioles or whoever maybe <laughs> need to get relegated and go play, go play some AAA level and then they can come back. And, uh, <laughs> I was I was gonna reference that like um, if if the, like the baseball equivalent of what Leeds is is like the Baltimore Orioles, where it's like if we were if we were doing a movie about like Cal Ripken and like oh sure okay something it's like the Orioles were this big badass team and like the best they've done in right. recent years is like they had a wild card game win yeah that's true that's someone who. <laughs> Is like, yeah, someone who, if they were watching that movie, they made a movie about Cal Ripken right now, and someone who was not a baseball fan, like, exactly. at all, but they watch ESPN or whatever, would be like, the Orioles? What? Why are we going the Orioles? I've never, this bird team? Yeah, this team, what, Baltimore? Or the Reds, like, if they made a big Red Machine movie, and it's like, where have the Reds been for 20 years a now? A big Red Machine movie would be really fun. Um, yes. Like, a really sort of, like, what those guys were getting up to. Oof. You could make a real uh, down and dirty. Who would you cast? Machine. Ooh man, we can derail this pod. This is this is a this is a side pod. We are gonna we are gonna cast the big red machine movie. Okay, now I have to. I'm not off, right? This is Joe Morganera. 
Yeah, Joe Morgan. There's Pete Rose. Right. They have the great eight. Oh, that's, I thought the great eight were players. I guess that's seasons. I'm trying to figure out who the core is. I know. I was like, I want to look at the. Because I don't have enough history to name them off the top of my head who besides would... Rose and Morgan. I'm just staring at a picture of Joe Morgan from 1977 trying to figure <laughs> out who. He somehow doesn't look much different than Joe Morgan. It's true. I, and again, I, I already regret like that I'm going to probably just... Oh, Johnny Bench, Tony of, Perez. Ooh, Those were the oh, old, of course. They were, I'm probably going to regret just naming like a bunch Dave of... Dave Concepcion. Oh, Dave, Dave Concepcion. Um, maybe like a John Boyega for that era, Joe Morgan. I feel like he has like the physicality and sort of the, the presence. Um, I always feel bad naming... British guys <laughs> to play. Wait, I was looking up Dave Morgan. Joe Morgan. Yes, Joe Morgan. Dave Conception. Yeah, Joe Morgan. I, I think maybe for a young Joe Morgan, that's that's what just pops into my head. Kaluuya has that smile, though. True. See, more British people. Um, and and you got to remember, Morgan's tiny. Yeah, isn't um. But he's like bulky. Like he's he's not like skinny, right? No, 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 no. But like I think like. John Boyega's like six four. Oh shoot! Okay, well then that that's not. Good I, th- I think John you. Boyega's tall. I feel like I'm googling young people. But then Rose. again, we really are off. I the... know Adam Driver is. They're not Adam Driver. I know Oscar Isaac is like miniature man. So maybe it's just like what I'm thinking about him compared to Oscar Isaac. Could be. So. Okay, Pete Rose is such a funny looking guy. Um... Can we cast Don Revy? Sorry, uh, cast uh, O'Brien from Star Trek. <laughs> Colmini. Um, he's still alive. Colmini, right? yeah. He's yeah. still alive, right? Um, I can't believe Googled young Pete Rose. Um, <laughs> he's got like kind of, well, he has done like sort of a good old boy kind of energy. Sorry, just Oscar Isaac. Dead air. No, that is rude. No, Pete Rose does not deserve that kind of glow up. Um <laughs> Turn it up with the youths these days. Man. Also, He's got such a distinctive face. Really, really does. Um, like a really... You know, <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I'm going to have to think about it. I'll probably have an epiphany later. Also, very intense eyebrows. I feel like you need someone who's like really good eyebrow acting. If we could get Chris Pratt from Parks and Rec... That that would be good. Well, Chris Pratt, he has baseball player, uh, baseball playing a baseball player experience. Um, Fucking Marvel ruined his body to play no. Pete Rose. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we, yeah, that's true. He would need he would need the uh, Parks and Rec era like bod to. Yeah, <laughs> it is funny to be like, no, we need him to dial it back to play a professional <laughs> athlete. <laughs> too fit, too fit to play a seventies baseball player. I mean, did, did you see the '70s soccer players in that movie? They all looked like they came out of the like the backing vocals of the Beatles. Another, another very funny thing to me was looking at the actors playing the soccer players and being like, "Okay," and then when it cuts <laughs> to the real clips of the real soccer players and being like, "Oh no, that's just a bunch of dudes in like sweatsuits." I could not, not, not what um soccer players look like these days. Gotta no, say, oh my god, it's a different, different physicality. Do you know who um? Oh shit! What's the name? Granite Jaka? Do you know? Who, oh no, sorry. Um, Jordan Shakiri. Do you know who Jordan Sh- Shakiri is? I do not know. Okay, look up S H A Q I R I. Q I R I. 
Oh God! Space thank you for, calves. Thank you for not telling me to Google his first name. Um, that Jared. Then, yeah. Then then. Oh, oh, he's the Cavs guy. I have heard of this guy. Yes. There's also there's a tennis. Who's the tennis player with the Cavs? You might know that. There is a there is a man, a man on on ATP um, who has notor- who has calves like this dude. Um, where when you are looking at him from the front, you can see his calves sticking out from the back. Um, I watched commentators like talk about it actively during. I never have heard someone talk about yes. calves on oh tennis God. recently. Googling tennis player calves. Wait. Is it Matteo Berrettini? Berrettini, yes, it is. Okay. As I did, googling tennis player calves get you there because that's what I was about to do. Yes. Um, <laughs> I just we are we are on a on a roll. Um, but yes, I do think it is Berrettini because it was somebody that I only like knew a little bit, and then um, ooh, he has calves. Yeah. But yeah, like the the people from Damned United and the people from our Big Red Machine movie that we're gonna have to cast. Mm-hmm. Um, email us at Great Movies Pod if you have any Big Red Machine casting ideas. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we got to be able to. Someone's got to have a genius, like, even if it's just Pete Rose. Someone's got to have it. Because there's going to be a Pete N- Rose. Nick would. Gonna be a, Nick would be good. There's going to be a genius. Yeah, phone a friend over here. Um, we haven't even mentioned that Nick's not here. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Nick's not Nick. here. Nick's not here, guys. Everyone's wondered, wondering why uh, he's just been so quiet this whole time. Um, he is not here. Nick's having fun doing other He's stuff. He's on a well-deserved vacation, so he is not here talking. That's why we're also not talking about a great movie uh, today. We're talking... Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Because Dylan tells me that soccer is starting soon. Um, so we are here with some timely um, timely uh, soccer talk. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, Nick is too good for soccer talk and casting a big red machine yeah. movie. No one needs to bug him about that. Yeah. Um, he is hopefully on the beach chilling out somewhere. Um, meanwhile, I will say I enjoyed watching Damned United this morning. It was a nice, like... It was a good morning It's a good, it's a good morning movie. Um, no regrets about that. So tell me a little bit more about soccer movies in general. Because when I told Matt that we were doing this podcast after we sorted out what the heck I was talking about... Um, he sort of went, you know, I don't think I know any soccer movies. And he's like, I can think of one soccer movie, Bend It Like Beckham. And I was like, well, that's the only one I'd ever seen until today. But when we were talking about doing this episode, you threw out like a handful of more suggestions. I threw out a handful that I've never seen. Though. Okay. That's kind you of why I was excited. Either. Either. Okay. Okay. Sorry that I heard um, this. I'd see the seen, one I'd heard of. <laughs> so I was like, I'd seen this. I'd seen Bend It Like Beckham. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones I mentioned. I know the three that I mentioned that I've never seen was Offside, mm-hmm. which is, um, you guys, you know who Jafar Pani- uh, yes, Panahi yes, is? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a comedy movie mm-hmm. he did. Um, sounds very interesting. Um, then there's Gregory's Girl, which seems more like um, it's a Bill Forsyth movie, the guy that made Local Hero, mm-hmm. okay. and um, seems more like a school movie. And it's like a they got the main guy's like a, a soccer player and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shaolin Soccer oh. was another one I said. Shaolin Soccer, I have definitely heard of at least. Mm-hmm. Um, Bend it like Beckham's good, by the way. Just in case, Bend it back, Beckham is a very good needs movie. Needs to be reminded of that. Yeah, I was like that movie came out when I was seventeen, and so I was very into Bend it like Beckham when it came out. Um, plus, when I like from the ages of seventeen to I don't know, let's say now, um, I'm just fully obsessed with Keira Knightley. So um, very also, into that movie. I'm trying to remember. 
it's I'm reading her name Parminder Nagra. Yes, mm-hmm, from ER. She's so good in that movie. Yes, she's and great. She didn't. She yeah, she then. was on ER for a long time. So I hope she just has oh. like a ton of TV money and is like chilling. Um, that's always my hope. As you've said in the past, if we see a star that has a breakout movie and, and then, then you never see them again, they're probably on TV. Um, yeah. She did 120. Hopefully. She did 129 episodes of. She went straight to ER because Bendit Like Beckham is 02. She was on ER from 03 to 09. So, like, she was there for a long time. She's done. She was did a season of The Blacklist, um, a bunch of. Oh, and she was on NCIS Los Angeles with the last time we brought this up, Chris O'Donnell. Um, so, you know, she's. It looks like she bounces around and does mostly um, TV now. Although apparently she was in Bird Box, that movie yeah. that 800 million people saw that I did not. Bird Box. Um, in the first weekend? Yes. According to Netflix, 800 million people watched it on the first weekend of release. <laughs> it was the most popular movie of all time. Um, I shouldn't be rude. I also love Sandra Bullock, and I hope that that many people did watch that movie. But that was a weird. That was a. That. More meme than movie, that one. Um, yes. You know, which is kind of happening to our beloved old also, but I think people like old more genuinely <laughs> than anybody else. God, ever I hope Box. so. It's so much better than Bird Box. Bird Box is terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting I, that there's not, I guess the reason there's not more soccer movies is simply that films are largely made for an American audience. And so, yep. you know, we didn't even talk about, um, uh, oh my God. It just flew out of my head now. The Pitch movie. The the one that they made about baseball in the United States. Fever Pitch. Oh, Fever, Fever Pitch, Pitch yeah. which there is an original adaptation of the book, Fever Pitch, that is about soccer. It's with Colin Firth. With Colin Firth, which, like, freaking downgrade to make a, you know, no offense movie about the Red Sox with Jimmy Fallon when it could have <laughs> been a soccer movie with Colin Firth. So, just saying. Uh yeah. Yeah, so, yeah so. I, I, so I think that's, I think it's as simple as that. It's just that movies get made for an American audience or more cynically also a Chinese audience and neither of those countries seem to be overly invested in soccer, so. No, they're more invested in baseball yeah, and basketball. Exactly. Which is why I think of team sports movies, those have been the ones made the most. Yeah, and, and it's the purely the American obsession with like uh, football that gets us so many football movies as well. Um <laughs> I can't think of a good American football <laughs> I wish I could movie. describe the face you made when I just said football. Did you know football's back? I accidentally, on Thursday night, turned on ESPN, and it was the Hall of Fame game, and found out that the, that football is back, and we now have football back in our lives between now and uh, January. So just prepare for that. Um, so there are good football movies. Um, I... It's hard now. Um, I, I, I disagree with this movie's politics vehemently, but The Replacements is a really fun movie. The <laughs> Keanu Reeves football comedy, The Replacements, with Gene Hackman. Um, it's, it's fun. It's a fun movie. I've seen it a million times, including having seen it in theaters. Um, bad politics. It's about how rich athletes shouldn't strike, and that's not true. They should, because billionaire owners suck. Um, but it, you want to complain about the the millionaire athletes that are striking? Right, what about the the billionaire owners that right. are underpaying them to but, the? But but then you do get a fun scene where all the guys get arrested and then they dance to "I Will Survive" in a jail cell, and it's it's a lot of fun. Um, so the replacements <laughs> is good. 
I'm sure you don't, but I like Any Given Sunday, which I know is, uh, it. it's an Oliver Stone movie. Um, but Al, yep. Al Pacino is well cast as a like rage fueled football coach. Um, <laughs> that works with his energy level. Um, do like Any Given Sunday. Um, I haven't seen Friday Night Lights, the the Neither film. I. I've seen every episode of the TV show, but I have not seen the film ever. I have seen Knock Off Friday Night Lights, um, uh, Varsity Blues, which literally started, which is a unlicensed adaptation of Friday Night Lights. Um, but it's fun. Um, also more meme than movie. But yeah, I there's no- okay. See the the football movies that came to my mind was. Radio, and <laughs> you almost spit your drink out. I almost on my kombucha. <laughs> and like Rudy. Rudy's fine. Or no? Really? Um, no, you're anti-Rudy. <laughs> wow, that's a weird take. Uh, no. What's your beef with Rudy? Um, I'm gonna confront you about your beef with Rudy. I mean, it's not like anything special, but Rudy. <sighs> wow. Remember the Titans is okay. Yeah. Have you seen um? um Marshall, or we are Marshall. No. Um, there. So, um, shout out to my husband Matt, who's not going to listen to this. Um, he went to a high school here in California that has like a very famous football team and had a like a winning like a fifteen year long winning streak or something where they never lost. Um, uh-huh. And they ended up and they uh, ended up making called De La Salle High School in Northern California. Um, they ended up making a movie about his school's football team called When the Game Stands Tall. Um, oh, that movie? Yeah, with Guy Pierce, I think, as the... Not Guy yeah. Pierce, uh, the other one, Jim, Jim Caviezel, um, as, the, as the coach. Yeah, that's about Matt's high school. Um, weirdly, it's about, like, right when the winning streak ended and they were like, where do we go from here? And it's, like, sort of goofy, inspirational. But, yeah, they, they made a... Uh, a whole movie about his high school football team, but it takes place like five years after he left. Okay, quick question. Yes. Does Jerry Maguire count as a football movie? You know, I think it does. Probably. It's, Still don't love that movie, yeah, but it's all right. I like it. I'm, I'm the big Jerry Maguire defender over here. Um, but I, I think it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty good football movie. Um, it's, you know, speaking of, like, a money ball, you know, like, it's, yeah, yeah. it's you know, it's just the agent side of, of things, agent player side of things. Um, Have you seen The Last Boy Scout? No, but I really want to. Me too. I was just <laughs> thinking about, it just came up on some podcast I was listening to. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a Tony Scott movie that neither of us have seen, so we need to uh, get on that. That's it, weird. Is that about football? It's... Or he's, like, a former football player or something? Um, something like he's like the big thing he's trying to do is like stop the corruption in football oh, or something. Interesting. I don't fully know. I know it's got to do with football. Interesting. Okay. I think the um the the Damon Wayans character is a football player though. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think so. I guess what this leads us to is sort of a question that I've heard people debate ad nauseum but like what what sport makes the best movie what what is the sport that makes for the best sports movie i'm gonna argue cricket because i've seen one cricket movie okay. and it's amazing okay lagan <laughs> is the best is it but like is it because there's something inherent to the sport of cricket or is it just because you saw yes. a good movie about cricket both okay <laughs> 
That's the only sports movie I think that it's genuinely like a lot of the sport. Sure. And I really enjoy it still. Um, I will say every list I'm pulling up on Letterboxd of football movies is just the movies we've talked about or even worse movies we didn't mention. Like, say, oh no, like Kicking and Screaming? Or like the blind, no, for football, like The Blind Side. Okay, look, my brain is still like soccer is football. Oh yeah, sorry, I'm on NFL football. Um, yeah. Kick, kick, you know what? I've seen Kicking and Screaming. Not not the I not the good one. Not the not the was it Noah Bombach who made the the like the, okay. the indie drama Kicking and Screaming. No, no. I've seen I saw that in theaters. I I am of the very un, well, let's say either fortunate or unfortunate age of somebody who was like in college when all of those Brat Pack movies were happening. Like I was a senior in high school when Zoolander came out. So I was a college student who just loved going to movies, which means that I saw Kicking and Screaming in theaters. I saw Starsky and Hutch in theaters. Like, any movie that had some combination of Ben Stiller or a Wilson brother or Will Ferrell, I was getting my butt down to the theater to see. Um, And I Mm -hmm. saw some good ones, and I saw some really bad ones. Yeah, yeah, no. Um... I would be remiss to not mention my actual personal favorite NFL football movie of all time, Draft Day. <laughs> the Kevin yeah, Costner. I was going to bring out Draft, Draft Day. Day, which again is that's that's Moneyball also, right? Like it's not yeah. it's 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 the wheeling and dealing. Um, Draft Day rules. I I I think that at first I liked it ironically, and now I've seen it so many times that there's nothing <laughs> ironic about it. I just love it. It just makes me happy. It's also got Griffin in it. It's got Griffin Newman in it. Um, <laughs> genuinely the pathos he brings when he breaks down because he's had a shitty day and Kevin Costner is a jerk who destroyed his laptop like it gets me emotionally like it's not this not a bit um also I haven't seen that speaking of um like women I'm obsessed with Jennifer Garner's in that movie and um I've seen a lot of far worse movies simply because Jennifer Garner's in them (laughs) so um you know that's that's a plus in that column oh the Waterboy, that's a football movie. The Adam Sandler movie, The Which, Waterboy. Also, The Longest Yard with also Adam the Sandler. Longest yard. I saw The Longest Yard in theaters, too. I what a I don't recommend having been, like, 20 years old in the year, you know, 2004. <laughs> I saw some real... I, I saw some tweet that was, like, culture, like, had its worst moments in 2000 through 2006. That was Which like are the years had- I was in... College. That was my junior year of high school through graduating college. Like, what a time to be alive. Um, yeah. yeah, I was 20 years old when The Longest Yard came out. Definitely saw that. Oh, Damon Wayans is holding a football on the poster for The Last Boy Scout. So I think yeah. that clears that hurdle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope people are here Talking for, about um, general... soccer movies, <laughs> say, though. Um... Sorry about these wild diversions. <laughs> Also, Blindside. We forgot to mention Blindside, yeah, well, which is for, one of the worst movies. I was going to say. We also did not mention uh, Invincible. The uh, Mark Wahlberg walks onto the Philadelphia. I was going to try to do a, a Mark Wahlberg guys. I'm Invincible uh, impression, but I, <laughs> I can't. I, no, no one uh, needs to hear me try to do that. Sorry, we can bring it back to soccer. I, movies. Everyone needs to hear it. We can bring it back to soccer movies. Uh, I was just going to say, um, talking about soccer movies, uh, there's a big, big soccer movie coming out later this year called Next Goal Wins. Oh, yeah. Which I think is going to be one of like the biggest Hollywood soccer movies ever Absolutely. to be released. Absolutely, yeah. Maybe since Bend It Like Beckham. Yeah. 
which we which we shouted out um, for for regular listeners. They might remember on our general podcast, I went on a lengthy digression about next goal wins and how I think it'll be good for both Michael Fassbender and Taika Waititi uh, for progressions in their careers. Well, do you think it'll be good for Army Hammer in his progression as a career? So, how many movies? And I think I'm stealing. I'm stealing this from some other podcast, probably from Blank Check, but I can't remember which one it was. Like, what's going to be the first movie that's going to freaking like? Uh, any money in the world it or all the money in the world it and like bring in you can't get Christopher Plummer rest in peace but who's going to yeah who's going to be the first movie that just fully brings in somebody and reshoot scenes to excise because Army Hammer has like four pretty big movies scheduled to come out within the next year or so um the one I well um the only other one I could think of is Death on the Nile which in this case they might want to also do Gal Gadot with how yeah, she's she's yeah she she hasn't threatened to eat people no but she her comments on Palestine have been yeah pretty horrifying um yeah I feel like she's just gonna lay low enough um oh maybe it is okay maybe it is just those two I thought there was I thought there was another one but maybe it's I thought just there was another two. one too yeah um the only other one oh oh god this uh Nicholas Jarecki movie Crisis where Army Hammer is the big face at the center of the poster. So, um, oh, plus it came out in February and has already come and gone. So they just, yeah. they just buried that one. Um, but yeah, between Death in the Nile and Next Goal Wind, that is, that is rough. St- and like the problem with Death on the Nile is that's a big ensemble movie. Like the, the thing about All the Money in the World is that, Chris, that the Kevin Spacey, Christopher Plummer, whatever J. Paul Getty character largely sat alone in his big old mansion and characters came one at a time to talk to him. Ideal yeah. for like, let's just swap out the actor and reshoot shoot those also, scenes. He has probably less screen time than the other, who are the other two people in that movie even? Oh, and all, who are sort of like Michelle Williams and, um, I don't remember. I didn't Mark see Wahlberg, this movie, but uh, I, all the money in the world. you know what? It's not a bad movie. <laughs> All it seemed fine, done. but yeah. like it seems like they both had like a ton more screen time, and it was like sort of like a Hannibal Lecter thing, where Hannibal yes. Lecter had like ten minutes in Science of the Lambs, but hundred percent. Um, and and yeah, still got an Oscar nomination. Um, yeah, un- unclear to me who Army Hammer is gonna pl- or it plays in next goal wins and how big that character is. So maybe they can excise him, but. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, very excited um, about that movie. And I think you're exactly right. I think it's going to be the biggest soccer movie, like, in the in the States and, and high-profile-wise, probably since Bennett Like Beckham. Yeah. I will say, I think where soccer movies are the best are um, a lot of good documentaries. Yeah. If anyone saw the Maradona documentary that was on HBO that came out a few years ago. Incredible documentary. Um, a lot of good 30 for 30s, like... Um, the two Escobars? Did you? Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen at least parts of that. Um, just just a horrifying story. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that is sort of the thing about soccer. That's it seems like because like so many inherently dramatic things happen in soccer, it gets more documentaries like than even because you don't need to sort of create some sort of fictional narrative. You can just be like, look at this crazy shit that happened. <laughs> can you imagine accidentally scoring a goal against your own team and then getting murdering by the gangster? That like ran your country at yeah. home, because that I happens mean, in soccer. One of my earliest 
like knowledge of soccer was the the guy who who headbutted the other guy the the Zidane <laughs> thing. That was my that was my first right? soccer memory. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm. <laughs> I am significantly older than you, so it's very funny that that's also my first soccer memory. <laughs> we have the same first soccer memory. I just wasn't paying attention for the dozen <laughs> years in between. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one of the first things I remember being like, whoa, crazy. And Zidane has his own documentary. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Yeah. Um, there's a really good one. My favorite one called is called Hillsborough, which was a 30 for 30, okay. which no one has seen. No. But it's my favorite 30 for 30 if anyone do you know about the hillsboro it's not um, it's not about one of those the people getting trampled is it it's a one about 90 people got trampled okay. on a yeah. stadium yeah then i then i've then i i've read a lot about that i did not watch the documentary but i've read a lot about that the documentary is more about the the loved ones survive That's like the loved ones whatever what i've heard like about loved confronting like the police because the police were like I don't know. They were hooligans, but in actuality, the police almost like corralled people right. unknowingly together in the same place because they didn't want to deal with them and got them killed. What a, what a yeah. It's like what a terrible thing that happens uh, in apparently soccer stadiums and also nightclubs where people just get corralled into single exits and then get trampled. To, uh, sad. Yeah, I that story I am familiar with. So I will say I'm a huge Timothy Spall fan. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad he was. <laughs> yes, yeah. This we're, we're all over the place. It's fine. Uh, this is. Yeah, I know. I, I don't really care. It's, uh... But um. No, Timothy Spall, fantastic. We talked pre-podcast, pre-watching the movie, about how great Timothy Spall is and our favorite Timothy Spall performances. Uh, we both agree. Peter Pettigrew, top notch. Uh, really, one of the best performances in that series. Which is really saying something, like. Considering Peter Pettigrew is a shitty character. It's a shitty character and has to be portrayed, like, especially, especially in um, Azkaban, like, as, like, half rat, half man. Like, he has to do the little, <laughs> like, he has to do the little, like, ratty, you know? Like, things, the little, yeah, we're, we're, we're both doing the little, you guys can picture it. You've seen Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, yes. But he has to, like, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really something. Um yeah, he's fantastic. I have uh, I have not seen Mr. Turner, so I need to oh, my favorite get movie. on that. Um, I, I did. So I was looking through his uh, filmography, and I was like, oh, wait, he's the rat in Chicken Run, too? He's played two famous rats I mean, in the movies? He's got a look. <laughs> I don't mean to be rude. Um, Actually, I think if a movie treats him right, he's a pretty good-looking dude. Yes. No, he's but like, not, I'm, I'm being rude. He's not an unattractive guy at all. He's just sh- short. Like, that, that's literally <laughs> it. I mean, that's literally my entire rudeness is like... He's sorry, not like he's the conventionally short. attractive looking person, but he, he's very charming and in look and in... Is, like, he, is he also, like, because he's an enchanted, isn't he also like a creature turned human in enchanted? You've seen enchanted. Yeah, I have. I saw it. Like in theaters okay. when it came I'm out, and I was sure, like, I'm pretty sure he, 11. he also um, is <laughs> it's in law school. The movie came out. Um, I'm pretty sure that like he starts as a creature and uh, becomes a okay. human in that also. Okay, he is, he's in so many. He's in Topsy Turvy. He's in Your Beloved Secrets and Lies. He's amazing. And ooh, he's gonna be in Spencer. Sorry, now I'm just looking at his. No, it doesn't look like he was. He was just one of the cartoon characters. Okay. Um. 
I am struggling to remember this person in the movie. Yeah. Should watch rewatch that movie. That movie was fun. It's great. It's really good. Um, oh, I think he was the servant of the queen. Right. Yeah. 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 He was. I know he's he was the, like on the bad guy side. He's the Josh Gad de Gaston. Okay, so Timothy Spall is cast in Spencer, but his role has not been revealed. Spencer? Uh, the the Pablo Lorraine uh, Di- Princess oh, Diana movie. Right. Yeah. So people who are in that movie without knowing who they're playing, Timothy Spall, Sally Hawkins, and Sean Harris. Sorry, I... It's Churchill. The Wikipedia cast, uh, well, the Wikipedia cast list <laughs> so- has somebody cast as playing Anne Boleyn. So what? I that well, okay. I mean, this is Pablo Lorraine, right? Uh, it, it's going to be a freaking weird movie. So and Neon's putting it out. So I, for all I know, like Neon now, loves to fuck around. For all I know, uh, Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana is going to be like having conversations with the ghost of Anne Boleyn, which is now if that doesn't end up happening in that movie, I've now set myself who, up. Who, for who is cast as Anne Boleyn? Um, oh, actress I'm actually not familiar with. Someone named Amy Manson. Um, but I am... She's not on the letterbox. I am intrigued. She's on the Wikipedia page. Um, I am... Oh! Oh, she's on the Nevers right now. Um, I don't know what that is. It's the unfortunate uh, HBO show that was Joss Whedon's last project. Um, that apparently is very good, and he left, but I still haven't watched. Mm. Um, anyway. Um, anyway, Timothy Spall's going to be in that movie is why we're talking about it. <laughs> Yeah, can we can we uh, get Timothy Spall to reprise his uh, Churchill? Yeah, he's he's just so good. And we're back to Tom Hooper. We're back to Tom Hooper, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It all comes around. Um, yeah. It seems like the last major release Timothy Spall was in was Early Man. Oh, really? Huh. Well, hopefully he's been staying busy. Hopefully he's on TV. Uh, well, you know, and on... Man, he hasn't done a lot recently. Well, you know... Alice Through the Looking Glass was the other... Look, I also haven't done a lot recently, so I can relate. <laughs> yeah, but Timothy Spall gives me, like, life energy. I need, I need he's very just... good as, as Winston Churchill, it's true. Um, he's He was really... It was a good... It was, like... Arguably a cameo. It is. Movie, it's it's like a one scene performance. Um, very good. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Um, so do we want to, we were going to say, because we don't have, <laughs> speaking of all the time, all the money in the world, all the time in the world. Um, do we want to talk Ted Lasso for a little bit? We were going to. Yes. I did want to talk Ted Lasso. In, uh, speaking of, so speaking of things that have brought soccer to American mainstream um audiences a literal television show about americans not knowing what soccer is so it all yeah. comes around um yeah so good show i guess Ted Lasso. We, we should we should just talk about like in general the first three episodes that kind of opened the series yeah um spoilers for the first three episodes in season one of season one okay you're gonna yeah i say listen to this part there's been three episodes of, we're three episodes into season two at this point so we can we can stick to the premise and stay away from where things go. Yeah. And um, so what have you thought of the first three episodes so far? Good. Like, re- yeah. really excellent. Um, I mean, I so I'm a big, like, 
I really love the show. Um, I really do too. You know, and I, I get, I get the people who are like, um, you know, roll their eyes and like, I, sure. I didn't watch it for a long time because I'm like, Jesus Christ, people, I get it. It's a good show. Um, and so you're always, you know, you're always wary. And there's that human nature to be like, if someone tells you something's good, it kind of makes you resentful. You kind of don't believe them or you just assume it's not going to live up to it. Um, but mm-hmm. man, I have watched the first season of Ted Lasso three times all the way through. You've watched it six times. <laughs> Dylan's holding up six fingers. Yeah. Because it, it's the one thing that like um, both oh. like my brother and my parents really like. And so anytime like a new family member has come into town or it. a friend has come over, we're just like, the, hey, we can show you Ted Lasso in like two nights. The only That's the thing. And the only reason I haven't watched it more is that we... We don't have an Apple TV in the bedroom, which is where I watch a lot of TV <laughs> at nighttime. Um, and so I have to like make a point to put it on out in the living room. And I've still managed to watch it three times. So that yep. is really something. Um, it's a really easy thing to watch. It's, just it's so good. the easiest thing to watch. Um, and you do learn quite a bit about soccer, um, you know, and, and especially like relevant to the Damned United, like the business behind it. Like I was saying, literally watching the Damned United, I was like, oh, I understand now. Beyond just that you don't want to get relegated because that's embarrassing, but that there's financial consequences and light spoilers for the first three episodes of season two of Ted Lasso. Um, you know, they have to sort of figure out how to make the the finances work, how to make the, the books work when they have these players signed to Premier League contracts and now they have, you know, Championship League re- revenue. Like, how do you balance that out? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Ooh, sorry. Dodger score update on my phone. Um, Dodgers are winning. Yay. Um, but yeah, we... Huh. What? You know, um, Ezra Edelman, the guy that made OJ Made in America, he, he's the director uh, well, of, on of, Ted Lasso? Of the most recent episode, which uh, I find very interesting. Yeah. Very good episode. This is the most recent episode. Uh, is very is really, really fantastic. Um, I had I saw someone like a tweet about that. They were like, if you've ever wondered what it would be like for the guy behind OJ Made in America to tackle Ted Lasso, you're gonna find out. And I was like, holy shit, really? Um, <laughs> I didn't hear about that until I just was looking through the do the rightest thing IMDb page, and I was like, Ezra Edelman. Yeah. <laughs> I saw. Flip the, and flip. Is that what that episode was called? Do the rightest thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Um, <laughs> It was really fun. It was, yeah, it's a hard. I don't want to necessarily just like talk too much in detail um, about the plot, but one of the nice things about Ted Lasso, in general, is that like, for for better or worse, something that can like doom a lot of shows is like there's not, there's no villains. Like there's no bad people. There's like bad forces, you know, but there's no bad people really. Everybody. Even the people who are adversaries to the characters you're rooting for or doing something that you wish they weren't doing. Like, everybody is such a fully rounded character. You actually understand why people are doing things they're doing, even if you wish they wouldn't. Like, it's just a remarkable What about Rupert? Okay, but Rupert is just so charming. (laughs) Yeah, I I was (laughs) going to bring that up. It's like, like, but I love him, so... I go back to like the dart scene where it's like this literal face off between Ted Lasso yeah, the good and Rupert You're the right. evil. Rupert is, and when yeah. Ted and when Ted Lasso like wins, Rupert's just like, "Well done, Ted." Yeah. And it's just like, okay. Yeah, Rupert is moving on. Yeah, he's, you know, I mean, I'm I'm just also 
wildly biased because it's Tony Head, it's Anthony Stewart Head from Buffy, <laughs> just wildly biased. So I'm gonna like give him the benefit of the doubt, even though you're right, that character is the closest we have to somebody who's just a jerk and an obstacle and a villain. Um, but I think we're supposed to like, like the reason why the first season is about Rebecca, and this is not a spoiler, even if you've never seen Ted Lasso, it's the premise. Um, the reason why Rebecca wants to take down the team is because it does mean so much. He loves the team. It's not a, like, yes, he's obsessed with money and power and whatever, but we're supposed to think that like Rupert loves the team. Like, and it means something to him. He cares more about the team than it anything. It means something to him emotionally, which is why Rebecca wants to destroy it. It's not just like. Actually kind of goes back to um, the Damned United where the, the owner is always like really skipping on money. He only owns the team right. because he likes the team. Right. Yeah. No, it's really true. And so it's, it's a fascinating interplay of like these rich guys who then end up like owning these teams and, and what their investment level is. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Rupert's the closest, but like you said, even then we know he loves the team. He, um, and, and, and when, and when he's bested, he's just like, okay, <laughs> like I've been bested. Like, what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, the, the, the past couple episodes have been about like, trying to redeem Jamie Tart, who, you know, was not a super redeemable character, but who at the end of the first season, you do also learn, obviously, like, has his trauma and his family, you know, issues and everything. And so, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to talk about because it's just like, yep, that was great when that happened. Yep, that <laughs> made me happy when that happened. Um, I'm very excited to see how Jamie and Sam get along through the rest of the yes, season. Yes, I am too. Um, Especially because I think... I, I need to look up the actors' names mm-hmm. for those two real quick. It's Phil Dunster as Jamie Tart, and it's Toheeb Jameau yeah. for Sam. I think they're kind of the stars of the show. Yeah, they're really yeah. like breaking out of the Phil, pact. Is like Phil Dunster. I remember his name because to me, I always in the opening credits. There's two names that that always stick out to me. There's Phil Dunster and there's Jeremy Swift. And I always you would think that Jeremy Swift is like the young handsome guy and Phil Dunster is maybe the like old middle management guy. And it's the opposite. Phil Dunster <laughs> is the Jamie Tart character. And then Jeremy Swift is, uh, what's his name? The, the, the guy with the diamond dogs and the glasses. Higgins. Higgins. And so I, Higgins! I, I always remember that they have the, the, like their names feel like they should belong to the other guy. Yeah. And it makes me laugh. I just realized that, um, Jamie was on murder on the Orient express movie though. Mm. He, okay. I feel like I can picture him. It's like, there's like a generically handsome guy on a train. Like, I mean, he is like the most generically he handsome. Is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he just he's like just cast handsome guy in a. It could be a suit, could be a bellhop uniform, could be anything. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Brett Goldstein as Roy Kent I was, is I was, the other. I was going huge to. Breakout. I was like waiting to like get into the whole Roy Kent, uh, Brett Goldstein situation. Um, I've never, that's the thing is, I've never seen him, Jamie, or Sam anywhere before. Right. These are all completely so, new people Brett for me. Goldstein, the fascinating thing about him, for anyone who doesn't know, is that, so he's a, he's a writer. He's a comedian and a writer, and he's a writer oh. on the show. And he was hired as a writer when they were developing the pilot and working on the series. And when they were doing the casting, he was like, I think I could play Roy Kent. And they were like, <laughs> oh, so you can play soccer? And he was like... Well, no, but, you know, I'll figure that part out. Um, and to be fair, there's not a lot of soccer right. players. And, and especially for him, who his 
plot line basically ends up being that he's like too old to play soccer anymore. Um, but he's yes. like, but he, I was thinking the one soccer thing I think you remember him doing is, he, is like, him lunging his, a tart yeah, and, um, and then hurting himself, breaking his leg. Yeah. So he he basically talked his way into that role by being thank like a writer. And thank God. And so something that's been very funny for me over the past year um, is that um, Ted Lasso has really taken off among. Um, like my romance reader friends, um, people who love romance novels and are sort of a part of sort of the rom- like online like romance community, whatever, have gotten very into Ted Lasso because the Roy and Keeley relationship on that show is like like that could be a romance novel. Like that is like it's it's the ultimate. It's romance like the novel ultimate sort of like the grouchy guy and like the happy girl. And maybe they have like a little misunderstanding, but really they're just like into each other and they're always going to work it out. And like it is, it is so just like bald-facedly romantic in a way that a lot of shows don't do like no and i'm extremely grateful and it's for. so it's so it's one thing that makes rewatches so fun because like the very the first couple times you see like it sneaks up on you on a first watch but like you can tell from like the first time they even have like a passing interaction you're like oh they knew exactly what they were gonna do here when uh roy like stomps out of the locker room and sees Keely in the parking lot and Keely's like making fun of <laughs> yes, him like that, I'm a mean footballer. Yes, that for, that that's like the first time they interact. And then in the um in the auction scene when she like bids on him to to make Jamie jealous yep. and he like gets her face afterwards and is like do not use me as a pawn in your relationship and you're like oh and then Roy. like she takes immediate <laughs> yeah, responsibility like, I'm sorry, about that it. was wrong I shouldn't have done it. And you're just like these are too gross and like I know that's the point is that she realizes that she's like a 30 something year old woman and maybe should not just like keep me sleeping with these like 23 year old <laughs> soccer jerks and she's like oh maybe i should have a grown-up relationship with like a grown-up man um god e- so even more of the romance novel thing is like roy is like best uncle in world oh my god to Absolutely. like sweet innocent child phoebe? oh my god oh phoebe is the best oh my god goes <laughs> 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 yes every like and i love that they've doubled down on that in the new season we had there's like the yes. at the end of the first season you have like the one episode and then you see the the niece again and then now in the new season it's just like she's around she's a, and she's great in every episode so far at least two of the three for sure um and i also and, um, i also like the roy rebecca like relationship yes, friendship. i was about to yeah. say that's been one of the new the highlights of the new season and um the scene where it's like one of the most romantic like speeches I've heard in television in a while where he's like, like you're with this dude and he's like, he's, he's fine. fine. There's nothing like absolutely wrong right, with him, but, like, but you're fucking Rebecca. Yeah, why do, you, why do you think you should settle for fine? It's just like, yeah, oh. you need, you deserve someone that makes you feel like you've been struck by a bolt of yeah. lightning. It's, it's so good. And it's so like a real good. like, it's, oh, the cut to Keely's face when I he know. says that though. She's like, yeah. fuck <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's so fantastic. Uh, we were Matt and I were trying to think of like who it's like so, God, so we were going to put a warning at the top because now we're just fully spoiling all of uh, Ted Lasso but it's fine I knew we would I that's know, why I said at the very yeah, first yeah, part yeah, of this spoilers um, but <laughs> so now that he's getting into like the commentary game and like every time they just like show him like talking shit about the <laughs> other guys who he's doing the commentary with we were trying to figure out like what baseball player would do that like what baseball player do we think should retire and then go be a commentator on like MLB Network and just like say to the other guy like tell Harold Reynolds he always sucked anyway or something like that <laughs> and I was like oh like that's the pro- like, no one has that kind of like jerky personality who doesn't also seem like a bad person. Like you know, it's it's a, it's a fine line to walk between being like who's gonna like 
be a truth teller, but who I also don't think is maybe a bad person also. It's a tough line to walk. Yeah, so so I wanted to tell you, um, do you know who Frank Lampard is? Does that name ring a bell at all? I don't think so. So that's basically Roy Kent. Okay. I figured, they, they, he, was, like, I figured what, he was based on something. First episode I was watching, I was like, oh, that's just Frank Lampard. Except instead of going to like AFC Richmond or AFC Richmond level team, he had like this final run with uh, Manchester City, who was my team, and they're like mm-hmm. one of the biggest clubs in Europe. But he was like bought as like the old guy for some experience sure. and not actually to be a regular player with any like skill. Okay. Oh, he's a like um, Premier League player of the decade. Okay. Wow. It's And there it's and so there's the reference where um peop- Roy Ken is talking to Ted mm-hmm. at the end of season one, he's like, and God if I have to play in fucking America. Oh, yes. I'd be the fucking best there. And like Frank Lampard Did then that, went came. to New York City FC and was like the best yeah. player for a bit. Uh, that that at least joke I got because I do know enough to be like you know any yeah. of these guys could come to MLS or whatever and just at like forty five and they're just like yeah. well there's football. That's fu- do you know who Wayne Rooney is? Yes, I do know who Wayne Rooney is. He's the ultimate example yes. of that. I was gonna say yeah. if anyone ever sees his like uh, famous final assist for DC mm-hmm. United at the very end, do you know that moment? I think so. I was gonna say it's one of the best MLS moments in history, but it's like again just showing like Wayne Rooney, who could barely play in like a low Premier League squad, if not second division squad, was like making the greatest assist Mm -hmm. to win an MLS game in history. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that so it's it's so funny to realize that they're you know. Because now that I'm reading about this guy, and I'm like, wow, wildly famous, wildly successful. Never heard of him. <laughs> That's on me. He, like I just If you put a little goatee on Frank Lampard also, he, look he looks like, exactly like Yeah, Rufus. he looks very similar, absolutely. Same position, same yeah, role. Yeah, I was... unfortunately like many Americans of my age and demographic had heard of basically David Beckham and Wayne Rooney and like that was it. End of end of story. <laughs> David Beckham bent the ball, Wayne Rooney kicked the bicycle kick, and that's all you need. Well, also Ronaldo and Messi. Sure, international. I will say, um, I did, um, (laughs) I played a lot of um, 2002 FIFA, um, (laughs) FIFA World Cup um, for the PlayStation 2. Um, and I also... I'm trying to think who would be, like, the main players in 2002 FIFA. Um, and then I also, so 2002 and 2000, am I... What years do World Cups happen in? Uh, it's yeah, that would have been two thousand two, two thousand six, two thousand six, yeah. I thought so. Um, I said because like two thousand two is when I graduated high school. Two thousand six when I graduated college. Um, so I watched I watched those World Cups like crazy. Um, but my my two thousand two uh, FIFA game I always played as Spain. Um, and so uh, Raul. So you had like Casillas, I'm assuming. Raul. Who was a, a oh yeah, player? He was my favorite. Uh, he was he yeah, was he my guy, and I got like really into Spain through uh, FIFA on the PlayStation yeah. Two, and then rooted for Spain um, in the 2006 and in the or 2002 and 2006 World Cup. And I was all in on. Did you Raul. root for them in the 2010 World Cup? Um, where they won the fucking well, World Cup? Well, by then, no, that is the thing. By then, I was like, I don't know. Um, I know. Look, I'm very. Uh, very finicky about these things. Um, well, I, I Raul know. still seems like a good guy. Oh, and handsome. Um, yeah, nice. Ra- Raul is like just one of the 
Wait, so I'm just make sure you're looking at the the Spanish Raul and not the current Mexican no, striker am, named Raul. Also, no, I am looking at I am looking at Raul from the 2002 FIFA World Cup from Spain. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he wore number um, he wore number seven for Real Madrid. I did know that. Yeah. I, I um, had a, a friend who was married to a Spanish guy for a while, so we could like bond over. <laughs> I, I taught him how American football worked, and then he would like tell me about Spanish soccer. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Um, was Casillas the goalie then? I'm trying to think. Probably. This was before my time. Yes, this was before your time. You you weren't like six years old and super into. Uh... <laughs> I didn't know about soccer until I was like, until Zidane headed. Yeah, that's the, true. The French dude. That's true. The, I guess I belly. did have I, my my entry was pre that. It was uh, PlayStation it was video Two game video <laughs> game. I was pretty good at it. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else um, we want to talk about Ted Lasso? I, I, the main thing I wanted to talk about was Roy Kent, um, and then the Jamie Tart redemption arc. And I, but I, 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 yeah, go ahead. I want to talk about the Sam. Yes, story because, line and Sam is the other main thing that we have to talk about. Yeah. Again, the three like yes, just like absolutely. you are stars. Mm-hmm. Those three. Um, so I will say, um, my club Manchester City mm-hmm. is basically owned by those people. Sure. Sure. Um, it, so, like, I picked Manchester City, like, and, and this is, like, a very bandwagon. It's, like, picking, oh, man, I don't know. What would, like, the most bandwagony pick for the past 10 years of baseball be that was never a bandwagon pick before that? Great question. Five or 10 years, because I know baseball has more I know. Over. I'm like, who, if you got, like, really into, like, I don't know. The Astros. The Astros? Okay, in, yeah. If you became an Astro fan in, like, 2016. Yeah. And everyone looks at you and you're like, and they're like, you are like the most bandwagony yeah. annoying baseball fan in the world. That's me because I became a Manchester City fan in like <laughs> right, 2010. Right after the teardown and they build back up and you're like, now I'm in. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> so I when I started getting into football, I was like, there's this team named Manchester United and they were winning every year. And I was like, I just don't want to be them. So I picked City, who was their like cross city rivalry. Little did I know at the time, Manchester United were going into like like economic turndown and they haven't won anything since then and city's won like six titles since then <laughs> um and it's because city is owned by like literal slave owners oh, okay and i okay. didn't know that for a while too um and it's something i've like had to like reconsider i never buy i, I like the, i came to the point that i was like i can root for the players on the team but i'm never gonna buy like any of the merch or anything yeah like if someone gives me a jersey I'll be happy. I'll, I'll wear it, but like I'm not giving any money or any of my time to the rest of that organization. Um, and so like when Sam did that, I was like, "Wow, this reminds me a lot of like how I've had to handle yeah. like how I'm going to live with it." And um, yeah, my o- it, I just <sighs> yeah, my only issue with that storyline, I know, and this is a, a tiny, tiny nitpick because I think the destination was worth how they got there, but like the. Sam's family has been like the best, most supportive, most wonderful family. All of a sudden, his dad is like, "Fuck you, you just like, like, like cuss out emoji." It's Christ, like, <laughs> you didn't know. Like, I'm so heartbroken. You would do this. I'm like, good. He, I was like in that moment, like it's like okay, wow. Like I, <laughs> I, I was like heart. I was like because I like him so much that I was like so protective, and so I was like. I wish they could have had him go on that journey without having to have his dad be like, how dare you? But, you know, that's fine. Like, just, he, like, opens up a, a newspaper article one day and is like, 
Centrium Oil right. is like exactly like killing a bunch of people. Yeah. And, um, I, I really liked. Well, I, when it started, I was like, "This could go weird." I was like, "This could go like a newsroom episode." That it had that feeling, yeah. And I, I got kind of nervous, mm-hmm. and I, I think, I mean, it's still vibey a yes, little bit, yeah. but it was like I, by the end, it, it was like. It wasn't too heavy-handed. Right. I loved the scene where um, they're taping their jerseys yeah. and like we know no one else here is like I mean, from Nigeria. This it's also ex- extremely like Black Lives Matter riff, right? Yeah. Like where you have when it's like just those players who are like, we know this doesn't affect you personally, but this is, does affect us, and so we hope you understand why we have to do it. Um, and then having the, the teammates actually join in with them instead of just being like, oh, we, we support first. their right to protest, you know, whatever. But like, it's like, no, actually, yeah, having Jamie be like, give me the tape and like, yeah. Especially Jamie. Of course. And, um, you know, he he was looking to for a way to demonstrate, you know, show, don't tell that you're part of the team. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, also, I really like the new therapist character. Yeah, she's great. I think she's really good. I think she's good too. Um, I, the hardest I've laughed in a long time was <laughs> in the I think it's the second episode where they sort of talk about her. Like Ted sort of references her, like she's like a horror movie villain or something. And they have her <laughs> sitting in the back row, and then when it cuts back, she's gotten closer. <laughs> and she's getting down. That was really oh, funny. Oh, it's such a good gag. It's so good. I love the um in the in the newest episode where Ted becomes Led Tasso. Yeah, that had been teased so much in the promos that I was very curious about it. And I liked that just immediately she was like, yeah, no, you had to... This doesn't well, work. Well, and also just like, yeah, okay, so you became a jerk to give them a common enemy? Yes. Does that ever work? No. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Glad we're doing that. Did Did you ever see the movie Colossal with Anne Hathaway? No, but I, I, I'm familiar and I, I know what it's about and... Everything with Sudeikis. Yeah, I was going to say that, like, Led Tassa became, like, him in Colossal. Right, and saying, yeah, because that's what's so interesting about his energy and probably, um, spoilers for Colossal, a movie that I haven't seen, but I know what happens in it, um, so if people want to watch that, it's going 30 seconds. But the whole uh, gist of that, right, is that it starts off like, he's a nice guy, like Jason Sudeikis, and then you find out that he is the one who's, like, manipulating her or, like, sort of behind the... He's the one that had, like... I don't know, like, he had, I don't remember exactly who went, but, like... He knows what's going on and is, like, somehow exploiting her or, like... No, it's not even, like, that obvious. He, like, learns about it afterwards, but he's, like, he feels possessive over her from, like, their past, like, relationship and friendship, and it's, like... I gotcha. He sort of becomes the the other thing, Um, if I remember correctly. It's been a few years, but like... Yeah, I, just, I remember yeah, that the, the whole point was it's like, you think you would, you would expect Jason Sudeikis to be this nice guy, but you can't really trust him. <laughs> yeah, but I think I kind of reacted to Colossal the same way all the AFC Richmond players reacted to Led Tasso, which was just like, dude, we, we know it's you. Yeah, I got to really buy this, yeah. Um, It's been a great start to season, especially because the first season really could have felt like a, a flash in the yeah. pan. Sort of like, hey... Wow, what a breakout! And then just yeah. sort of like, yeah. and I and, after I, and I think after the first episode, I I was not worried. I saw some like chatter online from people who were like, "Well, the first episode, like, it's not that funny. Like, it really feels like they're having to like refine their footing." Which like, I, I enjoyed it, so it, I, I wasn't worried at all. But I I can see why people were worried that like, they didn't know where to go for season two. But I'm I am very optimistic for here on out. I'm very pleased. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad they've changed up a lot of like, 
the characters enough that like mm-hmm. now Ted isn't like the sort of like I don't know it's not all knowing but like right. all understanding having... like he still has his flaws with his attitude right and Rebecca has all her cards on the table and they're all on the same team now and yeah it's mm-hmm. it's all good um, yeah good stuff good movies good good TV show yeah all right that's a soccer talk a soccer talk. Um, do we want to spend a little time chatting about what we've been watching this week? Actually, before we do that, I want to ask, um, yes. who's going to win the EPL title this year? Uh, who won it last year? Um, I don't know. Wait, <laughs> it was, uh, it was City, I think. It was City. Oh, I see. It, I, I had to, like, literally pause and well, be like, I mean, wasn't what, it City what, again? What year is it? What's happening? Who knows? Um. I know, yeah, that, that's another yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's, let's make some predictions. Um, yeah, it was Manchester City. Okay. I, I, I was like, but I look back on last city as a disappointment is because we finally got to the Champions League final and lost to Chelsea, who barely scraped into the Champions League for next year as it was not a good team in comparison. And we still lost them, but yeah, so, we did, we did win the, the Premier League last fin- year. So final, um... So what's really funny, by the way, is like I would have assumed that Crystal Palace was a fake name for a soccer team because you know what sounds like a fake name for a soccer team, Crystal Palace. And so when in Ted Lasso they go to play them, I'm like, okay, no, it turns out real team, yeah, Crystal no, Palace, real team. Every other team, like I've at least heard of or sounds like a real, you know, either sounds like a real team or I've heard of them because I would probably also think Tottenham. You think Wolverhampton sounds real? Well, but I'd heard of them. And same thing with like Tottenham Hotspur, right? Like that sounds like a bunch of fake syllables, but I've heard of them. <laughs> but I'd never heard of Crystal Palace until uh, Brighton also. and Hove Albion? Okay, that's a weird one. That sounds that sounds fake. Yeah, that does sound fake. Um, um, quick, quick movie question. I'm assuming the answer to this is no. Um, but did you ever see the movie Euro Trip? The, the, no. the 2000s, the aughts, Raunchy comedy Euro trip. <laughs> no. okay. oh, 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 I thought this was. Um... It's like, it's, it's kind of like a riff on a road trip, uh, which is a different raunchy no, comedy. I thought this was uh, one of the Steve Coogan trip movies. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, this is a 2004 <laughs> movie um, starring Michelle Trachtenberg. The genres on Google says comedy slash sex comedy. It's raunchy. It's raunchy. Um, came out when I was 19. Um, so I, I'm not going to like in good faith recommend that somebody watch it today, but oh boy, um, do I love Euro trip. And there's actually a very funny sequence where they get mixed up with a bunch of soccer hooligans led by, um, who's that like really burly British guy bald. Um, he's an X-Men. He's in like snatch also, or, or in, um, he's like a guy, Richie heavy, um, uh, Patrick Stewart? No, no, no. Young. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. You said bald British guy from X-Men. Okay. Hang. <laughs> Vinnie Jones. His name is Vinnie Jones. Um, look. Hold on. I, oh, I guess he's not always bald. He just often shaves his head. Oh, he played professionally as a defensive midfielder for Wimbledon, Leeds United, and some other teams. Okay. So he was a um, former professional footballer. But um, he plays Juggernaut in like The Last Stand. He's in Lockstock. Oh, I was like, Snatch. he looks familiar, but I can't picture him. Yes, uh, he, in there's a sequence in Eurotrip, which is basically a series of vignettes of them getting up to hijinks in Europe, where they get um, accidentally uh, 
sort of caught up with a bunch of Manchester United um, soccer hooligans led by Vinnie Jones, and that leads them all like singing songs. It's it's very good, and that's also one of my main soccer movie references <laughs> is the scene in Euro Trip with Vinnie Jones. Um, re- recommend if people are my age and they want to revisit it. It's a lot of fun. I'm pretty sure it would be just horribly offensive to watch it uh, today, but you know. Good times. Fair enough. It, it's, it's, one, it's famous for a Matt Damon cameo where he shows up uncredited as a punk rock girlfriend dealer. Um, and it's very funny. So, <laughs> ah, All right. Do we want to talk about what we watched this week before we spend more sure, time on this? Sure, you go first. I, I don't have much. Okay. Um, so I, yeah, we talked last weekend. So we already talked about that you and I have seen Green Knight and we'll revisit that later. Um, so since then... I have started my fall project, which is watching all of the Halloween movies leading up to Halloween Kills, because the original Halloween, one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Who, who's it directed uh, by? John Carpenter. Oh, yes, is there stuff with John also, Carpenter going on right now? Also, um, movie podcast fans might be aware that today, uh, the Blank Check podcast started their John Carpenter um, series uh with the episode on dark star which i also watched this week it's available on- oh yeah sorry no, i should have it's fine that it's available it's available on canopy um if people have library cards and can watch things on canopy it's also just available generally online dark star is a weird movie um but it's it's a fun <laughs> watch and i do recommend it and so my parallel track for the next couple of months is i am going to be trying to watch all the john carpenter movies um mm-hmm. and then because I am such a huge Halloween fan, I'm going to try to watch all the John Carpenter movies and all the Halloween movies. <laughs> so it's going to be like a real <laughs> journey I'm going to go on. Um, people can follow along with me on Letterboxd if they want. Um, so far this week, I had a couple of days off and I watched Halloween 2, 3, and 4 over the course of a couple days. Um, real just roller coaster of... Uh, fun to bad movies that I had a really good time I've with. heard three is great. Three is... So the thing about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, um, is that it was an, a, like an abortive attempt to make the Halloween series an, an anthology. So they did Halloween... Wait, I think it, um, Steven was on the podcast talking about how much he liked um, Halloween yeah, 3 at one point. Yeah, people love Halloween 3. So Halloween 1 and 2 are sort of a two-part... And it was always supposed to be a... Yeah. Uh, ha- Yes, Halloween 1 and 2 are sort of a two-part story. And then Halloween 3, they were like, okay, we're done with Michael Myers. Like, that was a story we told. Now we're going to make, I know, right? Now, here we are in 2021. (laughs) Anyone saying we're done with Michael Myers in 1981 is hilarious, 40 years later. Yeah. Um, But they thought they were done with Michael Myers. And they were going to make a series of anthology films set around Halloween, which would have been really cool. Um, But apparently they didn't do a good job of promoting the fact like they still called it halloween three instead of like calling it like the halloween anthology they called it halloween three apparently people went to it thinking it was going to be a michael myers movie and then they were like what the fuck am i watching got mad it had terrible word of mouth and it was a disaster and so that was in 82 they do nothing for six years and then in 1988 10 years after the first movie they're like michael myers is back he's been in a coma for 10 years jk who knew and so now here we are, fully 43 years after the first movie, and, and Michael Myers is still running around. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my, my current... How many more project. Michael Myers movies are after four? Like, how many have they done? Great question. So, they do... There's basically six in the original... Well, there's 
So there's one and two, threes off to the side, and then four, five, and six. And that's like the original chronology. Then they reboot it with Halloween H2O and Halloween Resurrection in the 2000s. Then they reboot it again and with the, the um, Rob Zombie movies, Rob Zombie? which I'm not watching, by the way. I am opting out of those in my Halloween, Halloween rewatch, um, unless I just get really bored, because they sound gross, and they're non-canonical. So no thank you. Um, and so I was thinking of like the Jamie Lee Curtis uh, universe. And so then after Halloween Resurrection, they do the two um, Rob Zombies. And then Halloween 2018 has re-rebooted it again. And now we have Halloween 2018 followed by Halloween Kills, which is coming out in October. And then wrapping up with apparently Halloween Ends coming out after that. So... Did you see the Halloween 2018? I have. Nope, I have not. Going into this. I always thought it kind of looked good. Going, I did too. Going into this watch project, the only ones I'd seen were the original and H2O. <laughs> because H2O. Well, H, but out of all of it, them. Well, H2O came out um, in 1998, 20 years after. Oh, that's right. So yeah. I, I was uh, 13 going on 14 right when this came out. And it was fully capitalizing on like Scream. It ha- It has like. Josh Hartnett, Michelle Williams, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, it basically is, like, the teens that of the 90s. That is the trifecta of how people, actors from the 1990s yeah, I, developed. I went to see it because it had those people in it. And it was just like, I, I liked I Know What You Did Last Summer. I'll see this, too. Like, that's the level yeah, I was working yeah. with. Yeah. But it's like Hartnett crashes and burns. Yeah. Um, Michelle Williams becomes, One like, of our most Oscar-nominated like, actresses. Yes. <laughs> And then Joseph Gordon-Levitt just kind of becomes, like, pop movie star. Entrepreneur, like, yeah. yeah. Like, Instagram. He's, like, the Instagram yes, movie exactly. star. exactly. He's, he's, like, a, yeah, he's, like, an actor, producer, influencer. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, like, the, the trifecta there mm-hmm. of people from the 90s becoming movie yeah. stars. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to rewatching that because I remember. It also has LL Cool J in it. Um, so I'm looking forward to revisiting. I don't know. Sometimes those, um, sometimes singers become actually pretty good actors in movies. So, you know, maybe LL Cool J. LL Cool J, co-star of, uh, NCIS Los Angeles with Chris O'Donnell, uh, making all that. Isn't that Ice-T? No, Ice-T is on, uh, Law and Order SVU. Look, multiple, that's the multiple, same fucking words multiple, together I know, in my mind. I realized mind. I just said a bunch of <laughs> gibberish. Um, but yeah, a lot, lot, of, lot of rapper turned actors who are uh, going to retire off of their uh, prestige I was thinking role. Andre Benjamin. Oh, Andre Benjamin. Who is a, a genuinely great actor. Good in high life. In almost everything. Good in high life. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's what I'm up to. So look forward over the next few months to me. Every week when we check in on what I've been watching, hearing about more John Carpenter movies and more Halloween movies. So that's that's where we're headed. I'm, I'm hype. And as I, and I, He's the best. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm already just super on board having a great... So far I've seen ha- Dark Star, Halloween, and Assault on Precinct 13. And those are like my only John Carpenter movies. And just like bangers across the board. Um, mm-hmm. Could not be... I can't wait to get to the thing. I'm so excited. The thing is the best. You've seen the thing. No, right? no, I haven't. We've talked about this. I must. I know. I yeah. know. You look so sad, but it's true. I haven't seen any. The three movies I just named are the only ones I've seen. Which are Dark Star, Dark Star. Halloween, and now Assault on Precinct Thirteen. So no, the thing. No Escape from New York. 
They Live, Christine, The Fog. Oh, I love They Live. <laughs> love I've got, they got live. some good stuff coming up. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. yeah. Right, what have you been watching? I watched three just absolute banger classics with my brother mm-hmm. recently, which was... Um, 1979's All That oh, Jazz. I don't know if you've you, seen that You movie. did not tell me. What a cliffhanger. You never told me what he thought about it. Fucking loved okay. it. Okay. So that broke the streak of him being like, eh, it's good, I guess. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. He knows what's up. Yeah. Um, he thought he thought that final number was pretty good. Okay. It was, it's okay, right? It's like an, it's like an <laughs> okay way to end a movie, I guess. Yeah, okay. no, no, no. Um, I did think he said his favorite scene was the one where... And Wrecking and the yep. daughter do the the. It's the, the second dance. best scene after the ending, but it's up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can't really go wrong picking a, a favorite scene. Opening scene. Opening scene is great. The rehearsal scene. They're they're all they're all really good. The the montage in the hospital where he just keeps on smoking and fucking the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Um. I saw with him the 1963 Italian epic The Leopard, oh, sure. which I don't believe you've seen yet. I have not. So, possibly my favorite Italian movie. That's a that's a it's a period piece, right? Oh okay. yeah. I don't think I knew that, and then I like we posted something about it, and I saw a picture, and I'm like, oh, they're in old timey clothes. That appears. They are in very <laughs> old timey clothes. I think it's in 1860. Okay, gotcha. Um, there was one part in the movie where like there's all these like political nonsense they're talking about of like revolution and like monarchy and stuff and alex turned to me and was like so what were the name of these revolutionaries like what time period are we in i was like you know what i have no fucking clue this is just it's in italy there are revolutionaries and i can't tell you if this is 1560 or 1930 yeah really i have that problem with movies also it's like i don't know anything about the italian history or especially sicilian history like i'm sorry alex but um (laughs) I was no help there, especially because that movie is like, they say it in the movie where it's like, everything's changing, but nothing happens. It's like the monarchy and the aristocracy get taken over by wealthy landowners and all this other stuff. And so it's like, nothing really matters in the end. And so like, when he's asking me all these political questions, like, I don't remember. There's Alain Delon, who's hot. There's Claudia Cardinale, who's hot. There's Burt Lancaster, who's old and hot. Okay. And it's just like, they're all doing stuff. Like I'm here for what, old, I, hot Burt Lancaster. I mean, it's still 20 years before uh, Field of okay. Dreams. Hey. Where he's pretty still ha- old Pretty and handsome hot. in that movie. <laughs> um, we also watched The Leopard, or not The Leopard. We also, I'm stupid. Uh, we also watched Night of the Hunter. Oh. Yeah, I'll get to that. I'll get to it. Yes, yeah, I tried movie. to buy it during the Barnes and Noble fifty um, percent off Criterion sale, but it was sold out every time I looked. So it remains on the wish list. I I bought it during the Barnes and Noble ah, Criterion maybe, set because I went to my you, local uh, Barnes and Nobles. Yeah, yeah, I don't have a local Barnes and Noble, um, and the website did me dirty. So it remains on the wish list. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, last night I I wasn't here, but um, my parents and my brother watched Crimson Tide because hey. of our podcast. Oh, nice! I always forget your family listens to our podcast. Hi to your family. Yeah. Shout out to your family. Shout out to family. Um, <laughs> none of none, I sound like Dom none, none, of, none of my family listens to this podcast. So shout out to your family. <laughs> um, Crimson yeah, Tide, and, good movie. Uh, you liked it. 
yeah, they all they all enjoyed it, especially Alex. Alex, because Alex had just seen Man on Fire with me and was like, eh, not my thing. It seemed like he was like, fuck yeah, the Crimson Tide. That's where it is. Crimson Tide is a lot more, and I don't. I, this is gonna sound mean in a way that I, I promise I promise I don't mean it to Crimson Tide's a lot more digestible than Man on Fire like it's a yeah. lot and populist. I like them both and I and I do not and I don't mean populist or digestible as any sort of like backhand like oh yeah. you're basic if you like this movie um, it rules um, I if, if, if you put both in front of me and we're like what would you like to watch this afternoon I'd probably say Crimson Tide like <laughs> I have to be ready for yeah, Man on exa- Fire because that like, is an get emotional into that mindset. Ride. exactly yeah that's it's all it's very violent uh, indeed um my dad was telling me he thought that they didn't end the movie well, and what they should have done was Denzel Washington realizes that he can't um, stop them from releasing the missiles, and so he like one of the Doctor Strange love ending. He, <laughs> no, so what he does instead is he breaks the ship and has it fall to eighteen hundred. Oh. The ship crushes and it goes black. Ooh, Jesus! That dark. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I said. No, I, I was thinking you were going to go more with a, and it's, have you, you've seen Hunt for Red October, right? Yeah, Hunt for yeah. Red October, they do more of a thing where they do release the missiles, but they do it in a way where it, like, isn't going to, like, they're going to cross or not hurt. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, they I thought it was yeah. going to be more like that, where it's like, we're going to release them, but it'll be at a depth where it won't hurt anybody or something. Um, yeah, I don't think I'd rewatch it as often if that's what happened, <laughs> if he just sank the Can ship. Can you imagine if no. Crimson died in? Oh, my God. No, I can't. Um... Sorry. He was like, they foreshadowed it in that one scene where they were going down. I was like, I don't know if you had like kill everyone yeah, in that like that. I, uh, we we talked about how the ending is a little bit like okay. It's a man on fire. Yeah, but um, but I, I think it's I, I said to him like, if you did that, you'd lose the great dog reaction it's shot. To the- it's really true. God, what a good dog. Um, sorry, very quickly, would you like to experience a real-time instance of me being confused about somebody on the Dodgers roster? Did you know there's a release yes. pitcher named Kevin Quackenbush? <laughs> yes, and he, and yes! he's on the Dodgers? Yes, wow. I think he was a Padre. Maybe, I don't know. He just relieved Phil Bickford. Um, Hold on. Yeah, he was on the, he was on the Padres. Okay, yeah. that's, okay. The uh, Dodgers are up on the Angels 8-2, but I'm just, like, scrolling through my, like... Look at look at what my phone updates look like. It's just all freaking. I have the MLB app where oh my god, I have the MLB app for every pitching change, every score. Like it's it's too much. I need to adjust my MLB app alerts. Um, but I just looked at this and it said Kevin Quackenbush, and I was like, who? Quackenbush was. Uh, Is he good? That's, that'd be great. That'd be nice. Eh. He's fine. I mean, he's also six years older now. Five or six years uh, older. According to the internet, he has quite a bushy beard. That's all I know about him. He does have a big bluish beard. So, anyway, that's... Is there anything else? Any more movies? There's one more. What's the last one? I traveled to Santa Fe. Oh. See Annette. Yes, Annette. I forgot you road trip to Annette. Train tripped. Oh, nice. Even better. Yeah, we took the train up to Annette, um, which is why I wasn't here for Crimson Tide. Um, we Because we, given the train schedule, you were gone from like 11 to 11.30. And, and not, so and I was not like, for 30 minutes. No, 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 no. And so I was like, this is probably one time I have to leave, like, Pelly at home. Yeah. Um, just for her sake mm. and kind of for my sake. Yeah. And um, I was like, I was doing okay, but, like, I definitely, like, missed having her to be, sure. like, like, I could pet her if, like, I was, like, starting to feel nervous yeah. or something. Um, And so we sit down in the movie theater, and the first thing that plays is, like, 
in in the hearts of an angel for like the Santa Fe Animal Welfare Hospital, <laughs> and it's like all these like dogs that like need adopting. I was like, fucking hell! Rough, rough. And then the second thing after that was like famous dogs in movies, and it was like this montage of famous movie dogs, and then it was like, and finally. Lassie. Weird was like, pre-show God. for Annette. I guess they were just all in on, on all in on the, the dog rescue charity. That's funny. They knew I was here without a service dog and they decided, decided to, to make you feel it. bad about it. Well I'm I'm still Especially to end with Lassie. Yeah. It looks exactly like Pelly. Well, that's true. Pelly is a real a real Lassie girl. Yeah, she's over there. But I, I, I know cute. I know you were a pro Annette, big Annette fan. I don't know if I was pro walking out of the movie. But it's, it's, I, I think I sent you just a bunch of confused but it's, it's, gifts. It's, it's settled well with you. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, so, weird movie watching experience. Um, I didn't know it was like supposed to be like really funny going in, which kind of makes sense because like Driver Holy Motors a, is kind of like weirdly Adam funny. Adam Driver plays a stand up comedian in it, right? Like that's his. Yeah, but he but he bad. plays like. <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, like, in the movie, he's, like, a famous comedian. But, it, like, he's obviously, like, making fun of, like, Bo Burnham-esque yeah. comedy. Yeah, that's the, that's the gist. I saw him, like, in a bathrobe. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, do you know what his name is in the movie? It's, like, Henry McHenry. It is Henry McHenry. And that popped up in, like, big letters early in the movie. And I started laughing. And my girlfriend was laughing. And nobody else. No one oh, else in the theater was that laughing. That feeling is tough. And there was... This kept going on where it was like, this is the funniest fucking thing I've ever no seen. And this theater is silent. How, how is the music? What did you think of the music? Good? Okay. Oh my god. So, as, as one of those super uncool people who just saw the Sparks Brothers documentary and got overly invested in, in uh, Sparks as a band, like, two months ago, I'm now very excited for the music in... And that, because like, the, the song that plays in the trailer, I'm like, this is good. So I'm... So may we start? Yeah, it's so good. So I'm, I'm excited to, to hear the entire I've thing. been literally dancing and singing uh, around awesome. my house today. Okay. Um, yeah, so when we were going up there, I was like, oh, I guess the movie, like the music in this is by some band called the Sparks mm-hmm. Brothers. And she was like, oh, I'd never heard of it. And then we got into the movie and we walked out. She was like, oh, it's the Sparks. Yeah, yeah it's just Sparks. And I was like, yeah. oh, I didn't even know enough. And so she had to like be like, Dylan, you don't you know should, enough. You should, watch, you should watch the documentary, the Sparks Brothers documentary. Um, it's They made some good music. Yeah, in it. yeah. I, okay. I dig it. If you hear anyone talking about like, oh, the songs are not like that interesting. Um, that seems weird to me. Yes. Well, I think it's because those people don't understand what recitative is as far as a musical idea which is just like you're singing dialogue oh and it's not like a song but it's just like right. you're like well hello Janet Gardner I've also heard that I saw um uh uh a critic that I really like who oh my god I'm gonna butcher her name now um hold on we can cut this out or I can kill some time to do, do, do Alyssa Wilkinson keep singing and rest it to uh, uh, Alyssa Wilkinson a critic for uh I believe Vox who I really like um, basically described the movie and said like it's about opera and it's also like watching an opera and I thought that was it she said like that's the one thing she would tell people to go in with like the right mindset to be like it's sung, it's through. sung through and like people you're not gonna if you don't expect that like some people have a hard time with it I you don't I don't we're musical fans I love sung um, through and things. so I think that's you know just just something for people to be aware of probably Um, and most people that I see complain about the music are like there's these weird parts where they're just speaking in song for a lot of it. And I'm like, 
Well, yeah. Have you ever like known what an that, opera that, is that's, or that's, a song through musical? Also, that's Rent. Like it's not like that's not that's, advanced musical. That's if you've seen Rent or Les Mis. Like that's Les, Les Mis is like yeah. that where they're just like singing words yeah, to Les each Mis other. Yeah, Les Mis is like that. Like, Rent is like that. Like you're that's that's musical one hundred and one stuff at this point. So yeah, but like really, like I think if like I can walk out of a theater and like sing three or four of like the tunes. That's not like I, I don't know like many of the words or anything, but like just like the general main lines or main line of the chorus, I can be like cool. That is catchy enough that, like, it's a good musical. And I could do that with multiple songs here. Yeah, we'll see. I gotta figure out what to do about Annette. um, Because it's, like, kind of... Kind of getting to the point where I'm like, do I want to keep going to theaters? Like, things are pretty crappy. But, like, we'll probably go. Um, Because Annette's the only one that'll be... It'll be in On Demand in two weeks. um, On Amazon. But I would rather we really wanted to see it on the big screen. So we'll probably still go. It's frustrating that's an Amazon release because it really feels like a big yeah. screen movie. Yeah, and and the theater the just the, wear a mask. You're the, vaccinated. We're vaccinated. We wear a mask. The theater we go where we're gonna go see it like will not be crowded. We there will not be people within like arms reach. There was distance, there so. was like three other yeah. like people around us in the movie theater yesterday, so I didn't feel too bad. Yeah. We'll, we'll um, still do it. Oh, I, I do actually have one more funny story about the audience though. So you know the Titan movie? That, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see that trailer? Yeah. yeah, the trailer came on, and when it ended, I heard this woman behind me just go, "Ugh, fucking French people, though." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, you know what movie you're That's in?" That's hilarious. Yeah, good, good luck to that. Uh, yeah, like I, 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 you're in a Leo's I, character I definitely movie. heard like when we saw that we saw the trailer for Tatain before. God, I don't even know one of these movies. Um, and I think it came before. Uh, I think Pig, it was before Pig. I was yeah, I think it was before Pig. Because they're both neon. Right. So it was, yeah, and they had, like, when we saw it, they had, like, picked it up that morning. It was, like, we went and saw Pig, like, oh, wow. during can, And, like, literally they had acquired it, and there was, like, a there was a trailer in theaters that weekend. And there were people around me who just kind of went, like, huh. Like, at the end, that was more the reaction at the, after the trailer when we saw it. People going, huh. It's like, yeah, that, that's kind of my reaction, too, so. I'm excited. We've no, got no, I, I just love that person just going, Ugh, fucking French like, well, people. And then I was, like. In a- French movie, my friend. I know it's got Adam Driver and but it's Marion I mean, Cotillard. Cotillard. Quite French. <laughs> it's got Simon Helberg in it, who is just the opposite of a yes. French person, if you could ever get Indeed. one. Who actually? I've heard good things. Amazing performance. Good He's things. so fucking good in it. All three of the leads are amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's where we can end it today. Oh. Well, wait, 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 wait. I know we skipped over Damn Night because we don't really need to talk oh, about yeah. that really much. Oh, yeah. Thumbs up, it... thumbs down. Thumbs, thumbs up. up. Yeah, absolute thumbs up. Star rating? Uh, out of four? It's tough. This is the thing when I'm thinking of. It's like, it's an incredibly low three out of four for me. Yeah. I... But it would be an unnecessarily high two and a half out of four. Right. It's just a it's just like, yeah, fine I, I, movie. Three. I, I'm comfortable with three out of four. Like that's two and a half too. seems rude. Um, even though two and yeah, a half doesn't yeah. mean bad, but but two and a half seems no like no a no. But rude. it's still like two and a half's like there are massive problems right. with the movie, but exactly. it still works. I don't on have its any own. objections. Two and a half is like I have objections, exactly. but I still like it. I have no objections. So yeah, thumbs up. Three stars. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Now now we can now wrap we can wrap it up. It up. Um, uh. So, 
So thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter and at Letterbox and at Gmail uh, at Great Movies Pod. Please send in your bet your big red machine casting recommendations. Yes. I want to hear all about it. Um, you thank you to uh, Scott Brady, our podcast Thanks, artist. Scott. You can find him at Esprit Artist on Twitter. I always love it when someone's doing the outro. Just someone says, "Thanks, Thanks Scott." Scott. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and so we will be back next week. We're we're uh, we're off format because Nick is again taking his well-deserved vacation for the next few weeks, although and then also working some weekends. So we're we're penciling in next week for our our movie omnibus roundup. Okay, yeah. we're gonna do a roundup. Wait, with- do we what? Do we just to, let's actually shout out real quickly? Like, like go through all the movies because that that part I was gonna edit out anyway. But just to give the idea of what we're talking about, what next we're about week. to watch. Okay. Yeah. Um. It's basically the late July, early August haul that's been going yeah, on because of COVID. Sort of the 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 mid mid summer releases. Um, we're gonna talk Annette, Green Knight, Luca, No Sudden Move, Old. Pig, Summer of Soul, Zola, now the Suicide Squad, and are we gonna? When we decide, are we gonna ditch in the Heights and Black Widow? I think so. Okay. Those were just too early. That would if, if we did like that with like Godzilla versus Kong and stuff. Yeah. That would have been much more right. appropriate. And we can shout out anything else that we've caught that we've liked. We can always shout out. But that's sure. what we're gonna be focusing on those ones. Sort of a roundup of um. And I think our plan is to talk about them in a spoiler free way and then maybe save some do a spoiler zone at the end i think we'll do a spoiler section on both annette and old because i think those warrant heavy spoiler discussions but those are for only people that have seen those movies um luckily old is like one of the only box office success movies of the year and annette is coming to amazon in two weeks so by the time i edit it yeah and by the time the episode goes up people should be able to stream annette on prime yeah. Cool. So I'm not too worried about that. I'm excited for next week. Yeah. It's going to be fucking good. I'm so excited for you to see Annette. I'm excited it's... too. I can't wait. You might hate it. I might. I'm a, little, I'm a little nervous that I might hate it. I, I don't think I'll, I doubt that I'll hate it. I just think I, I, I'm sure there will be things that I like and whether, whether it clicks with me overall remains to be seen. Best thing I would tell you is don't get tricked by the first number. Okay. Gotcha. I will keep my expectations. Don't, don't, don't be like, what? Because you're going to love the first number. Don't be like, yes, okay. this is get what my I'm hopes getting. Up. It's gotcha. absolutely opposite. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Cool. Looking forward to it. All right. Roger out. Roger out. All right. I'm going to stop now. And when I go to the movies, I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else. And that makes me a better person. That to see good films and to see important films is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people.
I'll probably cut this out of podcast, but I want to tell you about this. Okay. Um, when we when I was in the eating disorder treatment, mm-hmm. um, we uh, had like movie nights regularly mm-hmm. to like be like, let's eat some popcorn sure. and like be like, we can try some yeah. food. Healthy habits. Um, yeah. yeah, we we uh, we watched Kicking and Screaming. We had like a vote on a movie, and um, and to be clear, this was not in two thousand and four. Whatever, this was like two years ago. This is two years ago. Funny. And um, yeah, I wa- I wanted to do. I voted up like. I thought of like the first like funny comedy we could watch was which was Mean Girls and I got rejected because there's some body stuff in that oh, movie and I was like okay. yeah that makes sense but then there's one part in the movie where I think Will Ferrell eats a bunch of pasta and then violently throws it up like for five straight minutes that's, and everyone in that room was just like that's potent that's got to be I mean I can't speak to it personally but that's got to be at least as triggering as the story about Rachel McAdams's character accidentally eating protein <laughs> bars that she thinks are diet bars which is pretty funny <laughs> it's hilarious it's pretty funny when they give her this, the, the, the bars they would give malnourished children to help them gain weight and then she tells her they're <laughs> diet bars I mean it's lampooning diet culture it is I, 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 I mean it's a lot more tasteful but, than anything in yeah. kicking and screaming um, I will say to um, if you want 